This is the Edinburgh Reporter podcast and today I am with Alison Stewart who's a local resident here in Rodney Street and I'm also here with Jane Price and you own a property in Rodney Street. I do but I care about the well-being of my tenants. And what's happening here at the present time is that there is a planning, a pre-planning application for the area of land behind your flats and the proposal is to put in more than 200 student flats. Uh -huh. So tell me what your objections to that are. I think the primary objection is the fact that it's such high density and we've already got a high density building works going on on the old RBS site which is going to have possibly 1,000 people living in that and then the adjacent works on the Smithies site which is going to be a much smaller unit. That's on the other side of the road. So that's on the other side of yeah, the road. And there, there's going to be a three-storey building there. Three-storey building there. Of flats. Of flats. Uh, but this is different because it's 210 student yes. units. Yes. Um, so our concern about that is the transient population that's going to be there. No disrespect to students, they're entitled to have somewhere to live but they'll not necessarily contribute to the community and also students like to party that is their right, the right of passage, being a student. So we suspect that no matter you know, what we get told, that there will be students up and down the lane, the back of our flats, in and out, coming up the access up our place lane to access the flats. And there'll be delivery vans. And Jane, what is it that you really object to? What, what's, your, what's your problem with this application? My problems are many and various. Um, they could be generally put under the heading of losses. And I'm talking here about loss of quality of life. And there are serious issues in that um, with six stories in front of the flat at the moment, um, it, it's going to have a change of view and a change of light. Both might not sound terribly important to some people. However, at the moment, there is a long view which includes the castle which is actually quite stimulating and good to look at and very near to the window that has most light through it into the flat there is going to be six stories of stone and glass which is going to be a very very different proposition and not terribly life-serving I don't think for anyone and the next issue if I may is that right <laughs> is to talk about the light at the moment most of the light in the flat comes through the flats, the, the window that faces the new development, whatever it's going to be, and uh, it will be severely limited in a flat which is already partially dependent on artificial light. And that just doesn't go for my flat, it'll go for many flats in the flat, in, in the block. Apart from which, there is a recently developed garden um, which people, um, neighbours have put in immense time and effort and without light <laughs> the garden will be destroyed. It's quite simple. Is there any kind of development which, I mean this is an empty site, it's uh -huh. an empty site between many buildings, is there any development which could be put here which you would say yes that's okay? Absolutely, but it wouldn't involve a large building. To my mind, because the council have their key aims in their city plan, uh, mental and physical well-being. It is defeated, inherent in uh, the plans anyway, is the fact that they haven't 
designated any of the brown uh, field sites to amenities. And that's what we need. The amenities are already depleted by um, four or five recent big developments of uh, accommodation, of residential accommodation. Um, we have an, an overstretched medical practice. We have a small park near, nearby which is overused. Even permit holders find great difficulty in parking their cars. And but there's no parking with this student development, I understand. No, no, no. And what I would see as possible development would be to extend the park, for instance, to have some dedicated space, perhaps for elderly people and a bowling green, or children to be with their parents and grandparents, or allotments. There are 3,000 people on a waiting list in Edinburgh at the moment. There are lots of possibilities. I definitely haven't thought of them all. Yes, I would approve of some kinds of development. Mm. And, what, and what about you, Alison? Is there something that you think, yeah, that would be okay, and I wouldn't mind looking out at that? Or is there some way that this, this development could be softened up enough that you would almost approve it? Well, primarily, I agree with Jane in terms of the site, you know, the whole aspect of our well-being and not losing light and having access to outdoor green space is key for everyone and we know that since lockdown how important that is. I think the thing is if it has to be built on which you know is a likely thing then it's the height is the key and it's the height that we really object to and also I think in terms of even in our place lane the, the proximity to you know what's on the opposite side of the road. I appreciate in the plans there's talk about the varied heights of buildings round about us but there's never been a high building on this site historically. And you should have start, started actually by saying it was a Jusen's yard, it yeah, was a sorry, builder's yeah. yard. And, and tell me, how high is your block on the corner? Of so on the corner, street? I'm on the fourth floor, but if you go to the block adjacent, most adjacent to this, it's three floors. So six stories is actually quite it's high. It's quite high, quite high. And, and the other thing, which, you know, Jane is quite correct in saying, saying that there are other uh, and you're quite correct in saying that there are other developments here and this park will have nowhere else to expand to no. if um, none of this land is given up as a park which is unlikely a developer always wants to make the best money possible yes. but he can always sell his site on when he finds that there's such serious objection and there's such threat to so many people's quality of life. There are some people who would object to the things that I'm saying, and saying that there is a chronic shortage of residential accommodation in Edinburgh. And some people would say, therefore, the um, current population have to give in to something. And it, my argument is it's not either or. When there are already depleted amenities, everyone suffers, and that includes the people coming in. And there are positive ways of using this land. What have you done so far um, to register your objections? Personally, I've signed the petition and there, there was a local survey sent out. There's now quite a few of the mainly affected blocks of properties now working together, which is great. So Our Place Lane already had an association, so they have taken the lead because they've got key people within with different skill sets. That's been greatly advantageous to us to put a website together, ourplace.co.uk, 
and in that people can read about the development, see the plans, sign the petition. On the back of the initial work, the consultation period with the locals was actually back a week because of the, the delay in getting the letters to us, but we've had that extended to the 23rd of March. So that's a bonus, so it gives people more opportunity to sign the petition. And we're flagging up the student status because this company only builds student accommodation. And that's the key, and that's why they're you know, the group are targeting that. And this is in conjunction with representatives from Rodney Place, who are also adjacent to that, and Rodney Street. We're also now going around petition to slightly further afield people who will be impacted just by the density of numbers of people. And I think the other thing as well is it's, it is the fourth student accommodation within a square mile. And we can't quite understand on this side of the city, which is not anywhere near a university. And the answer I was given was that, well, they can cycle or get public transport. But the city plan for 2030 says you must be able to walk within 20 minutes, walk within 20 minutes to all your amenities. That's not your okay, place of work might be slightly different. But to put four lots of student accommodation on the side of the city that's not got any universities within locality, I find really quite bizarre. And I don't understand when there's people needing homes. And the other thing I had thought of was sheltered accommodation. Older people cannot live in the city centre. You have to move further and further out. Why should you? When If you can't afford to buy a main door property, which you can't do in the city centre unless you've massively downsized, so why, why aren't these things being considered as for the people of Edinburgh and not for a transient population?